Well, joining us this morning on the line for the Africa Report, we have uh, Emmanuel Matambo, who is uh, a PhD research director at the Center for Africa-China Studies. Emmanuel, once again, a very good morning to you. Welcome. Good morning, Suleiman. Uh, good morning to your listeners. Thank you once again for your kind invitation. So China is currently holding the two sessions for the Chinese People's Political Consultative Conference and commencing the 14th National People Congress. So uh, what are these two sessions and how often are they held? Yes, China is currently holding the two people's uh, sessions. Um, the two people's sessions constitute of uh, sessions that happen, two sessions that happen at the same time, but separately. One is constituted by the, uh, the Chinese uh, People's uh, Consultative Conference, and then the second session is held by the National People's Conference. Now, the National People's Conference is what in South African terms would probably call a parliament, which is constituted of uh, about 3,000 delegates. So these conferences these are usually uh, held in the spring of, uh, of, of the Chinese weather, obviously, which, is, which usually happens around the, the, the time of March. So there are sessions at which a lot of decisions are made, decisions that are made by the Chinese Communist Party are usually ratified. So, yeah, it is a kind of, uh, that, that is exactly what happens in a, in a nutshell. What are the main expectations from this year's sessions in terms of personnel for high-ranking Chinese leaders? So last year, the Communist Party of China, the CPC, had its 20th National Congress at which some decisions were made, such as the extension of presidential terms for the General Secretary of the Chinese Communist Party, who is President Xi Jinping. So now, last year, when the CPC met, there are two main confirmations that happened at the party level. The first confirmation was that Xi Jinping was granted another term as the Secretary General of the Communist Party of China, and secondly, that he was the chairman of the, uh, Chinese, uh, the, the, the Chinese Military Commission, the, the CPC. So two things were made. The, three, the third thing that will be ratified at the uh, two sessions will be the ratification of Xi Jinping as president of China for another term. So that is a personnel change that we expect to be ratified. The second personnel change is that um, a new premier will be, will be constituted, a new premier will be installed, and uh, the outgoing premier, Li Keqiang, was not voted, was not retained as a member of the Chinese Politburo Standing Committee. So that actually paved the way for someone else to step in. So a major change that we expect is that Li Xiang, who was uh, voted into the Politburo last year, will be confirmed as the premier of China. So I think those are the two most important personnel changes that we should expect happen. What are China's plans in the near future? China's plans in the near future will be economic recovery. Um, at the end of 2022, China abandoned its zero COVID policy, which means the, the country is ready, is bracing itself for an opened up economy. Uh, last year, China grew at a rate of about 3%, and there are forecasts saying that this year to improve and grow economically at 5%. So that is what we expect to happen in the, in the near future when it comes to, to, to economic growth. So from an Africa perspective, why should we be interested in the two sessions? What will come out from them in terms of Africa? Well, first of all, is the two foremost appointments. The appointment of who is going to be the president of China, who is going to be the premier of China, and what 
should we expect from those appointments to have what, what impact should we expect those appointments to have on Africa's relationship with China? We have seen that since coming to power in 2012, President Xi Jinping has shown particular interest in Africa. The Belt and Road Initiative has touched on Africa and it has brought some infrastructure investment on the African continent as well. So we expect that, yes, if he is ratified as the president of the People's Republic of China, then there will probably, Africa's relationship with China will probably receive more Philip as well. Uh, with inflation, is confirmed as a premier of, of, of China as well. He is not a very well-known person in African terms, but he is quite an able administrator. So we, we have to be interested in knowing how exactly will that impact on China's relationship with Africa. And the third thing to come out of the, uh, the, the, the two sessions is Qing Gang as uh, the foreign affairs minister. He was just appointed in December. He made it his first, he's made a trip to Africa in January. So, and he's having, he'll be, he's having his uh, first press briefing today, actually on the 7th of March 2023. So he has shown some particular interest in Africa. So he has had some uh, a rich experience as a diplomat. He has worked in Washington, D.C. So we should, as Africa, really know exactly how that will impact on Africa. But there is reason at the moment to, to be sanguine about it and to be hopeful that Africa will still receive great attention in China's foreign policy. What lessons can Africa learn from China's growth? I mean, most of which has been planned and reported as, as, as previ uh, previous two sessions. So, so the, the previous two sessions have shown uh, a great deal of, of, of uh, China's ability to follow through with whatever the country decides to do. That is one thing that we can learn from Africa. If you look at Africa, we have very good constitutions, by the way, in Africa. But we suffer at two major hurdles when it comes to develop, development that can ensue from those constitutions. The first is that our constitutions are very susceptible to the whims of those who are in power. People usually change their constitutions willy-nilly. That actually has an impact on Africa. The second one, obviously, is implementation. We can have goals in Africa. We can have policies, beautiful policies on paper, but we do not implement them. China has shown a great appetite and with to follow through with whatever they put themselves through. When they opened up, when they started opening up the economy in 1978, they had clear goals on where exactly they wanted to take their country. They had clear goals of how to use their internal circumstances to, 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 to suit a vastly and a rapidly changing international system. In Africa, we cannot do that. We are not taking advantage, for example, of the vast human capital that we have. The young people of Africa are not being used. They are not being used in employment, and that is why they are now susceptible to conscription into extremist groups, and those who are idling without unemployment lend themselves vulnerable to the lives of crime. So we do not really use the circumstances, the internal circumstances that we have as Africa to make sure that we change our external circumstances. And that is tragic. Emmanuel, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks for inviting me.